With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Earning Their Stripes. As always, Danny, Ian, and Ethan here to liven up your day. We also have a special guest for you as Isan Diaz will be calling in in just a few. But before that, the fellas and I will discuss Jordan Yamamoto getting promoted. We're going to take a look at some of the trending prospects within the system and just have a good conversation because Yams is pitching while we're recording this. So if you get any emotion, that's where it's coming from. Um, I'm excited to get Isan. Fellas, how are you doing? Good, man. Doing pretty great, man. Glad to be here with you guys tonight. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I mean, yeah. it could go really well. <laughs> it could go yeah, really it was poorly. Like, it, it was like if we had done if it was like if we had done an episode during the draft. Like, right. it, it could have either gone really well or really poorly. But yeah, the draft. Uh, this is cool stuff. <laughs> but so far, just, what he went eight pitch inning in the first. It was okay. Yeah, you know, it's good stuff. Let's just let's just even jump into that conversation, right? If you're listening and you're Marlins yeah. fan, by now you know Jordan Yamamoto got promoted, right? Straight from Jacksonville. He's making a start today in place of Jose Urena that was put on the 10-day IL for a myriad of reasons. We'll see which one really comes out as true and which one doesn't. Uh, but there's a lot of places we can go with this, whether we think this is premature whether it's because of the 40-man roster construction, which you know I'll hit on, whether we think it's a spot starter. Could it be a Pablo Lopez situation? But I'll let Ethan go and take it wherever you want, brother, as we see Yams finally make that debut. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to send you know congratulations again out to Jordan. Uh, this is such a huge moment for him and his family, and it's always exciting to see guys get their first shot in the bigs. So, uh, I just want to send congratulations out to him, a former Earning Their Stripes uh, alumni. Uh, but The first one to get I, the call. I love the it. The first one to get the call, yeah. That was one of the first things I thought about was how exciting well, it was. It's just, so, it's just so cool to see him, you know, instead of just his name popping up on a box score, see him actually live and pitching. and So that's really cool. But I think what you're looking at here, and I tweeted out uh, yesterday, is basically – one of two things, and I guess one of them now is is not happening because Urania uh, is going on the IL. He's not being traded. So it's either the Marlins are more concerned with Caleb Smith's injury than we than they originally thought, and so <clears throat> he's going to come in and fill the role, and then Eliezer is going to move to the pen. But it also seems like it's not that because of Urania's going to the IL. So what it is is Urania going to the IL, and then I think it was Luis Davila who said this, that um, Gallon wasn't ready to make the start now, so 
uh, Yams makes the spot, the start while we need him. Could he last longer? Yes. Could Gallon come up? Maybe. But what it seems like is like you talked about, Danny, with the 40 construction, it seems like this isn't serious enough for them to make a 40 man move uh, and, you know, either put somebody on the 60 day or make a move somewhere else on the 40 man to the point where they would be able to add Gallon to the 40 man to bring him up. So, because of that, I can see Yams lasting more than just one start in the majors. It all obviously depends on how long Urania is out, how long uh, Ian, I'm looking at your name on my computer, Ian. I don't know why I said Ian. How long Caleb is out. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, it's just exciting for Jordan. And, you know, it was a little random, but he is the most ready guy you know when you look at the 40 man and the guys that are in the minors he's probably the most mlb ready and because of that he's the guy that gets the call over gallon right now because the marlins still just don't seem willing to be making that 40 man move uh to bring gallon up yeah and there's just a couple of things there with that 40 man and and with the gallon so you you touched on it to answer the conversation of why at least i think it's just not it was not zach gallon right the individual who's the skeptic or the conspiracy theorists will say, well, it's service time manipulation, whatever the case is. What I see is Zach Gallen, again, was on two days rest. He wasn't going to come mm-hmm. up and have this spot start. Zach Gallen, like you mentioned, not on the 40-man roster, which means someone has to lose their position on that roster for Zach Gallen to come on up. Now, do I think that we could see Zach Gallen maybe next week if Smith's and Urania's injuries are a little bit more serious than they've been led on to be? you might really have the completion of the baby-faced aces if yeah. they were to call up Zach Gallen, even yeah. though it's possible Eliezer Hernandez might just stay in that role. He played very, pitched very good yesterday, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like we can't just throw him to the pen right away, but it will be interesting to see how they handle this. Uh, Ian, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I've had some mixed thoughts on this whole situation the last day and a half, but Overall, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, obviously, I'm extremely excited for Jordan. He was one of my first interviews working for Fish Stripes, so I'm really excited to see him make it to the show at this time. I mean, it was surprising to see it, but I'm so stoked it happened. But the reason I'm indifferent behind it is how they're going to use him in this role. As you guys both touched on, there is some injuries, and they're not serious enough to make a move for the 40-man. And he was on the 40-man roster already, so it was an easy move. But if it's just one start, and sending him back down, I didn't. See, I don't see the need for it right now. Um, today could have been a bullpen game, or Eli, or um, or or so or so forth with Jeff Brigham starting. I, I would imagine, but um, that was just my thoughts. But granted, if we see Jordan for the next two or three starts, I'm stoked for it. I mean, the kid's got the stuff to play. I mean, he's looked good in Double A the last two years. He dominated early. And he's just steadily gotten better as the years went on. So I'm happy to see him pitch. Uh, I'm going to see how this plays out overall the next week or two. But right now, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, and, and Danny, like you said, sorry. Uh, like no, you no, said, you know, with the Pablo thing last year, this could be very similar because if he does end up making two or three more starts and those starts look really good, like Pablo's first few starts did, then all of a sudden um, – you know, we've all talked about all year how Urania and uh, Smith could be trade pieces. So if one of those guys comes back, we could be looking at the Marlins making a move here quickly um, to open up, a, a, you know, another bullpen. Uh, uh, sorry, a rotation spot for Yams or for Gallon eventually. So um, 
it, it could be a Pablo-like thing, but I'm just glad it's not just bullpen help, which I think was one of the things that we all feared right away was just getting was, somebody yeah, up from – yeah, yeah. He's not a bullpen arm. I don't think right. Yams plays as a bullpen arm down the road. I think he lines up as a starter in this organization down the road. So because of that, I'm glad that they didn't call him up just to get some extra help in the bullpen. Um, and, and, and and I don't think it's just one start because, like, the Arrhenius thing, we don't know. And the Smith thing I saw recently that there's no timetable for his return, which means that it could last a little longer uh, than we initially thought. Yeah, I, I think to touch on something that Ian said, like the Jeff Brigham, we spoke about that. If it was going to be a one-spot start, they could have gone Brigham, they could have gone Chen, and that would have made up the five innings that we would be happy to get from mm-hmm. Yamamoto today. So that speaks to it possibly being a little bit more. And then I'll agree with what you said, Ethan, when it first originally came out, and we did not know what the corresponding move was, I said, this would be really interesting if it was off of a trade, right? If Jose Urania had been traded, which is something we've discussed before possibly happening this year, it would be really interesting. Then I said, it would be somewhat interesting if this was for a one-start, two-start kind of a thing. And then I said, but I would hate it if it's to go to the pen. So I, I'm mm-hmm. with you on that. That This isn't an arm that you bring up, especially not from Jacksonville, and put in the pen. And, and they didn't do that. So I guess, you know, we can't really grill them too much for not doing that. But I do agree. I think we were all a little a little surprised, maybe, or not even surprised. We just – I didn't think I was going to see Yams this early on. I'm yeah. happy for it, but I didn't think I would see it this early on. I wonder if either of you two kind of disagree but with that. I also didn't think we would see Pablo this early, you know, True. as early as we did last year. Right. We saw him around maybe like a month later than this last year. I think he came up sometime in July. Right. So we didn't expect to see him at this time last year. And we didn't definitely, you know, the Jordan Yamamoto thing caught me off guard. Um, But it does make sense when you like I said, when you look at the roster construction. Now, obviously, the skeptic, you know, the skeptic thing to say is he's having a good year, but Gallon's having a much better year. And and yes, Gallon, I believe it i know you guys believe it too that gallon should be up and the only reason he's not up and we all know that is because um there's not a rotation spot and there's not a 40 spot up for him right now but i think that's actually kind of good because i would rather yams make two or three spot starts than gallon because um it, it's just easier because we because we didn't expect yams to you know be here already we expect gallon to be here so if if we call him up for two or three starts and then send him right back down, everybody will be mad. But at this point, if we do yams for two or three starts, even if it really, you know, he, he succeeds, I think people will understand him going back down more than they would gallon. So there, you know, obviously right away it was, well, yams, not gallon. But I think when you kind of break it down, like it does make a lot of sense. I agree. And, and, and I appreciate oh, yeah. that perspective well. too. That if they would have brought up Gallon and then there's an issue there, you know, then it's, oh, we're just manipulating service time or whatever the case is. But this is, he's like you said, already on the 40, easy to send back down if it is just for um, a few starts. Uh, All right. So then we we could keep talking on that. Is there anything more that you guys want to uncover with with the Yams conversation? I think we just really got to see how it plays out the next week or two. So it's going to be an exciting week. I mean... I think we've hit on all points. Like you said, Ethan, that last point really made a lot of sense. And 
it, it speaks to what a lot of people aren't thinking at this time right now. If, if we did bring up Gallon and send him back down to two stars, people would be a lot more upset. And it's, it's just, it's a very, it's a very tricky and difficult situation right now with these guys that are playing well in the minors and getting moved up and not with Gallon. It's just, it's really hard to look at that, but I think when he does come up, it'll be t- sometime soon before the end of the next month, and he'll be here for good. Yeah, and, I, and and I think we have to get Gallon into a permanent rotation spot. Yeah. Like he, we've all we've said, Mish said it all along that Gallon isn't coming up until one of these two guys, Smith or Urania, is gone. Right. And so we just, you know, should they be gone? That's a topic for another time. But. Um, we have to be patient and we have to wait until these guys are no longer on the 40. Could there, is there another 40 move that could be made for gallant? Absolutely. I wouldn't mind that being made at all, but where does he slot into the rotation right now? I'm not sure. The only place he could is if you move Eliezer to the bullpen. Um, but then he's still only in Urania or uh, Smith spot and just waiting until one of them comes back. So I don't, I don't know. You know, there's so many, so many factors yeah. here that it's, it's a it's, tough decision. You know, you're never going to be a hundred percent right, whichever decision you make. Yeah. Yams. I mean, gallon rather, there has to be a vacancy in that rotation for him to come up. I mm-hmm. agree. With you. It has to be something where he could come up and not look back. And that's, um, you know, that's, that's his spot moving forward. I actually do have one baseball question. I'm going to start off with Ian, but I'd like both of y'all's perspective on this. When a prospect gets called up, we're always looking for something in their craft, right? Of how it generalizes or how it plays up at the big league level. For instance, with Sandy, it's always going to be about the uh, the control of his velo and his secondaries. Uh, you know, what is it that we might be looking at with Yams that we want to see if it generalizes over to the big leagues? And I'll let Ian go first. Just the thing of his pitches, the kid can throw four pitches for strikes all, all game long. He works at a high tempo. And it's just, I want to see if he can bring this into, he, excuse me, the one thing I really, really want to see Jordan do is work out of trouble. It's what he's done his whole career is, unfortunately, get himself into trouble, but somehow makes his way out of it every time that I've seen him, seen him live. And it's it's been a sight to see. He's he's throwing great, he's got his first strikeout of the night right now as I talk about him. Yeah, just but, uh, Yeah, he's through too. So, I mean, exactly what I'm saying is I want to see the tempo from him and I want to see him battle when he gets behind. Yeah, I think one thing I want to see is um, we, we talked to him about this, actually, which is he's been effective at limiting damage without having to use the strikeout so much. You know, we saw so many strikeouts from him last year, like some huge strikeout numbers uh, night in and night out, it seemed like. But he talked about how he kind of realized that he's not a strikeout pitcher anymore. So I want to see, you know, can he, if he can, first of all, obviously you want to see, can he rack up, can he miss bats at a major league level? He just missed his first one now. Um, but can he be effective without using the strikeout? Uh, can, you know, and, and like Ian said, can he work out of tough situations against major league hitters? Um, so there, there are things we want to see, you know, see from him. Um, the stuff, you know, I'd like to see a little more velocity, but, you know, that's not who he is. So um, it's just going to be about this, the, the way he reacts to certain situations in the big leagues and his demeanor and how he handles, you know, getting into sticky situations against a major league lineup rather than a double A lineup. Gotcha. Well, he's off to a good start so far to score. Yeah. 
and the Marlins yeah. gave him some run support. The other pitchers must be like, man, you're new around here. You're already getting more runs than we are. <laughs> Coop uh, six, six. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah I mean, six, up, six up, six up, six down. So, and he struck him out with a, with a curveball, struck out Colton Wonk. So, I mean, you know, if we see five solid innings from him tonight, you know, as long as the rails don't, you know, the train doesn't come completely off the rails, um, I'll, I'll be happy with his start tonight because I don't have very high expectations considering he was on a bus in double A yesterday. Yep. All right. So we have about 10, 12 minutes before Isan comes on. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the trending guys. If we're being honest this week, um, there wasn't a lot of hitting that happened in this in this farm system. I mean, outside of guys like Isan Diaz and a Brian Miller, there wasn't a lot to really talk about. On the pitching side, there's more than enough to talk about. So I'll let you guys decide where you want to go on that. The only thing that I'm going to point out really quickly before you guys jump in is I can't let you guys take away my little bonus, uh, Lázaro Alonso nugget that I have here. Okay. You know, my guy over the last month, he's hitting 301, 379, 456 as his slash. He has three homers, seven doubles, 41 hits throughout that time. And he still has around 28. You know, he struck out 28 times, but he's also walked 12 times. So we're always going to be highlighting the first base prospects that perform. And I just want to say that my fellow Cuban has really come <laughs> forward and in this last month has has done really well. But with that being said, Ethan, go ahead and take it away. Uh, one guy I want to talk about that uh, I don't think we've really talked about too much is Sixto. Um, not the greatest number so far, you know, not exactly what we were expecting from him. Um, but what has been a big positive from him so far is uh, the strikeout and walks. He's not really walking a ton of guys at all. Um, he, he has eight walks so far in eight games. So, you know, one walk per game and, uh, and, He's striking out. He's, he's had six strikeouts his last two games. Both he had uh, he went five and two thirds the other day, um, and five innings in his second to last start, uh, or his uh, the his pre, his, the previous start before that. So he, he's just doing his thing, you know, and he's working his way back. Um, I think you know everybody's going to be concerned about the fact that he's getting hit around a lot. He's given up a ton of hits this year. Um, he gave up six in his last start. Uh, and, and four runs, but everybody's going to be concerned about that. But what you really, what we really should be looking at is the command uh, stats and he's not walking a ton of guys and he's able to get strikeouts in the strike zone. He peppers, peppers, peppers the strike zone. He's always working around and inside it. And so I think it's good to see him be able to get strikeouts inside the strike zone. Now is the chance for him to start working and using his stuff more deceptively uh, to get more missed bats and to, you know, stop giving up as many hits as he has, but he's been really solid. Uh, He's just kind of doing his thing. And uh, I think we're going to continue to see him get better. And uh, another thing I want to talk about, just mention quickly is, Banfield went two, uh, had two hits the other night, a double and a home run. His numbers still don't really, still aren't really that great. Um, but he's been able to flash power this year. I've seen there's been a lot of power out of him this year, and I just think that's exciting because, you know, the catcher obviously catcher isn't the most valuable uh, offensive position, but if he's going to be able to provide some pop from that spot. Uh, with the defense that he plays, uh, that'll be really good and will help him move up through the system really quickly. So it's nice to see him showing some power and uh, hopefully Sixto, you know, can put one of, together one of these starts that we were expecting from him. But uh, 
he, he'll get there. You know, he, he'll work his way there. I'm excited about him. And at least when it comes to Sixto, if this is what a bad Sixto looks like, please sign me yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Because this is this is his first his his first time at this level. Okay, he is working all around the strike zone, which is also likely why he's getting hit. I mean, you mentioned it; he's peppering yeah. the strike zone. Individuals mm-hmm. at that level are going to make contact. It's still not even overly hard contact when you look at some of the film it's not like he's getting homered to death here mm-hmm. but if this is really the worst that we're going to get of a Sixto sanchez goodness gracious wait until this super young pitching yeah. arm is actually entering and knows how to pitch out of the zone and get people out of the zone and i mean i i'm yeah. excited for you know i know marlon's twitter i think you kind of responded to this marlon's twitter said uh, something to the extent of are we worried about uh Sixto no. sanchez yeah the answer is no i mean no. Uh, the answer is just no <laughs> he's been I've As seen a lot of people with the stuff. I'll be yeah, the like lowest on six though too. I think yeah. yeah, I'll be the hardest guy on him, and I think the toughest. I mean, the biggest thing he's got going for him right now is he throws too many strikes, and that's the hardest. Like like you guys both just said, like his control is so elite that he just knows nothing else but to put the ball in the strike zone, and yeah. if he starts to start putting something in the dirt every now and then, and work inside and outside. He's going to be striking guys out right and left. Like his stuff is so gross that he's given up weak, weak grounders and slap singles. But I think he's got nothing to worry about going forward if he starts missing bats for missing bats wise. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that I've said that that problem. That's his problem. Bunch, yes. bunch just throwing too many strikes. strikes because if you leave it in the strike zone, guys are going to hit it. You know, but guys, he's still yeah. able to be effective and and limit damage and get a bunch of strikeouts. So. You know, everybody's going to look at the hits and the runs and be like, oh, my God, he's terrible. But he's not. He's a very good pitcher. He has great stuff and great command of his stuff. And he's going to learn how to use that. And he's 20 in double A. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize he's only 20. And and the the stuff that people might point out isn't even that bad. Like the hits and the it's 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 we could still see why this is a consensus top, you know, 25 prospect yeah. in baseball um and we can see why the marlins should be really excited about his development and where he's at uh all right how about isan diaz someone take isan diaz away because if he's going to be on here we got to give him some love he's continued his hot streak whoever wants to speak about it we always fight for him go for it go for it Ian. I'll, I'll talk about Isan a little bit here he's continuing to just Put some power into the baseball. In the last 10 days, he's hitting 333, 389, and 788. He's had some Instagram worthy plays on defense as well with that backhand. Yeah, play that was pretty. Night. That was insanely easy looking, which makes me sad, but I just can't imagine <laughs> how hard that could be in real time. But he's playing great baseball. I mean, I'm so stoked we have him on the show today. Um, I obviously have to go to work, but I have to miss out on this, but um, you guys are going to kill it for me. But I'm just I'm I've been so high on Hassan since our first episode. He's been my guy. He's who I think is going to be the minor league player of the year, and he's he's proven it right now. He's got 14 homers, and I forget how many games, but it's not too many. He's got more homers than he had all last year already in the year, and he's yeah. just looking like a polished prospect. Finally, this guy had a couple of rough seasons the last couple of years, but he's starting to find his stroke. He's he's in a system where he knows he's going to be for a little while. He's been on three teams already in his young career. He really just needs to be comfortable in a situation. I finally feel like he's in a situation that he's comfortable. And the results are there. I'm excited to see what he can do finishing this out. And I really hope we see him in Miami come come August. Yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna demolish his 
career high for homers. If yeah, if he I'm stays down there right now. Yeah, if, yeah. If they don't, if they don't call him up, I mean, it's not even going to be close. Uh, it, it's nice yeah. to see that isolated power with him, uh, and just his approach. You know, we've we've oh spoken God. that the last few years, yeah, maybe he did take a dip, but we also remember he had hand injuries. Uh, maybe there was something that his approach had changed, or something was still happening there with the with his hand. But it is the player that we're seeing right now is a bonafide prospect and i can't wait to see him in marlins park yeah i'm gonna jump in here with some numbers uh like you said danny he's gonna crush his if he stays down he's gonna crush his uh home run total he's got four uh career home run total he's got 14 this year in 62 games the most he ever hit was 20 uh in his first season with the brewers when he and that was in 135 games and then if you want to take a look at some of the numbers, uh, his slash line is so impressive. He's, he's been so hot recently that he, he's gotten to his slash line to a point where you don't even realize that he had a really rough start to the year. His OPS was under five, you know, under 600 at one point. Um, so his, his slash line now is 284, 371 OVP, 529 slugging. Uh, his OPS is up at an even 900. His strikeout yeah. rate is the lowest it's ever been, uh, except for one year with the with the D-backs. Only twenty two, only twenty two point one strikeout percentage. And you talked about his isolated power, Danny. Uh, two forty four is his isolated power right now. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's I think it's just slugging percentage minus batting average. It basically yeah. just shows how well a guy hits for power. Like one hundred is is good. Um, or average so right now his is 244 so that shows how much power he's hitting for and he's got a 121 weighted runs created plus right now so some analytics just to back up how well he's performing and like i said like it's really impressive that with that kind of start like he really got out of the gates poor i mean he was under the mendoza line his ops was under the card and now yeah and and now he's up to a 900 ops and his numbers are just uh tremendous and you know now can i just, just say something now, very quickly yeah if yams goes fives he's gonna win this game because cooper just hit a grand slam oh, oh my god oh backdrop oh dude oh Coop, my god Coop is raking it was raking. it was almost an identical swing and he went to where we the statue used to be two yeah. grand he went a month in, he went into the into the auto nation alley stairs oh, oh my god that twice now <laughs> Michaelis, Cub Killer, Miles Michaelis. His power oh my God! Is, is I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, Ethan. I just insane. had to say that. I just no, had to add dude, that. no, oh, that was exciting. But I'm so glad now it's good. <laughs> and you know what? It's good for Yams because now he's that some of the nerves are off. You know, look he's at him smiling. Look at him smiling in the dugout. Yeah. Yeah. Coop, Coop's yeah. also in my fantasy league on fish stripes, guys. Oh, so nice. There you go. But there you guys go. know that, but nah, like, like, you know. Now this is great for Jordan because now he can really mm-hmm. settle in and take some. It takes a lot of the pressure off of him, and with two really good innings under his belt, um, hopefully we see him start cruising here. But I'm gonna knock on wood and take that back because you know how the Vidowski jinx works. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes. And, but, and it's on the air, so now we can't even do yeah, anything about exactly. it. If it goes now, back. Now everybody will know if I jinx Jordan's first start or not. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, just. That the now with Isan, the one thing is it's just a waiting game. Um, you know, when is Castro when 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 do we trade him for even if it's just IFA money or draft pool money or something, when do we open up that spot to get Isan there? Because he's ready. 
he's more than ready. We all, you can tell he's ready to go. And uh, he sounded like it. Yeah, he sounds like it. So uh, I, 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 I can't wait to have him up at the big leagues. Yeah, I, I want to get just one more player in here. And Ian, this is going to be your guy, okay? I, yeah. At some point, we're going to have to do um, a special on Edward Cabrera. We really are. Like, oh, yeah. five minutes that oh, we have yeah. here will, will not be enough. Now, Ian's writing a really good piece that I'm sure will be on Fish Stripes um, eventually on Edward Cabrera. I, I want you to just give a tease, all right? And I don't want us to go too in-depth. Isan's about to call in, and I want him to have – I want Edward Cabrera to have his time whenever we talk about him. But, Ian, just talk a little bit about Cabrera because it's just ridiculous what he's doing. He deserves to be spoken about, even if it's just on our podcast. He's been – incredible so far this year it's been the biggest jump of any of our prospects probably and that's including zach gallon i mean he's looked phenomenal his velocity's up the secondaries are showing soup are showing plus it's it's been phenomenal he's currently on 11 ending scoreless streak right now and earlier in the year he had a 21 and i think third ending scoreless streak he's he's dominating jupiter jupiter right now he's only two months older than six, though, with extremely better stats so far this year in the Florida State League. I mean, that's, that's it's not saying a lot for just going to count stats, but the kid has been balling. I mean, last year, I mean, the highest highest strikeout rate of his career so far this year. He's sitting sitting on ninety nine on the gun most of his starts. He was out for about a week with a little blister injury and came back and looked even better than before the injury. Yeah, he's a Florida State League All Star. But as I say that this weekend is the Florida can't wait State to see him all star game in Jupiter. So I hope everybody comes out to that. It's gonna be a great weekend. But yeah, back back to Edward. Uh, I think he's gonna be in Jacksonville a lot sooner than we think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really done all he can needs to do so far this year in in single A pitching. He threw 100 innings last year in in, in high A. I mean in regular A, and he's threw 70 innings in high A this year, and he's just looked better. I think they're going to challenge him. I think he's got the body type to be challenged. He's showing the type of pitches to be an elite pitcher, be a starting pitcher in the majors. So I think they're going to push this guy. And I think we'll see him in Jacksonville probably the next two to three weeks. Yeah, that's an easy one if Yam stays up at the major league level. I think that's a very easy promotion for the Marlins to make. Uh, He should be the first guy from this Jupiter rotation right up to Jacksonville. Uh, 2.04 ERA. 2.23 2.23 fielding independent pitching, which suggests that his ERA is legit. Um, that low of an ERA is very legit. Uh, his K per nine, like you mentioned, it's levels above uh, anything he's ever had before. 11.04 right now is highest before. That was 8.34. K rates up in the 30s. His walk percentage is under eight. Uh, he's just been so good this year. And One yeah, home. I've been, yeah, every, only let up one home run. It was in his first start. Um, I've, you know, every time I tweet about him, I usually finish the tweet with Jacksonville. He, he should be there. He's proven enough in the Florida state league right now. It's time to get him up, challenge him. Like you said, Ian, see what he can do in Jacksonville. Um, it's, it's very, you know, speaking of yams, it's eerily similar to what yams did last year, where he just dominated in Jupiter and went right up to Jacksonville. Um, very quickly. They made a move for him to Jacksonville very quickly. And I think they should do the same thing with Edward. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I'll just add this little nugget. Um, Cabrera, Rogers, Holloway, Devers, all four are Florida State League All-Stars, which tells you something about the system. They're all all four of them are also worthy. And I want Ian to just give in a little plug really quickly again, because I know you did it, but in a very modest fashion about yeah. the All-Star game, about what you've done for the All-Star game and how individuals can get out there. Oh, yes. There's actually a, a few giveaways we're doing on Fish Trades right now. I was able to donate 50 tickets this weekend for the All-Star game. I mean, I think it's going to be a great weekend. I love Jupiter. I think I want to see everybody out there that follows us. And I thought this would be the easiest way to do it, is to really get people involved. Um, you can go on fishstripes.com and make your own top 15 prospects list. And we are picking a few winners to get four packs of tickets for the game this weekend. And it's it's a good time. I mean, Jupiter is a great park to be in. It's, a, it's an all-star game environment, so everybody's going to be excited. And you get to see some of the top prospects in baseball. So if you have the time, go on there and check that out. Or if you just want to come out to the game this weekend, you should do so as well. It's going to be fun absolutely all right fellas so isan's going to be calling in in a little bit we are going to log off after that so that we can see yams continue his uh his nice outing that he has so far isan diaz Now joining us is a man with one of the nicest swings in the game and more than enough production coming from that same swing. Someone who many scouts identify as a top prospect in the system, both at the plate and with the glove. Asan Diaz, Asan, thank you for coming on, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It's always, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on. And quite frankly, if we're being honest... If you even go back just a few episodes, you're going to hear how much myself and Ethan just yeah. love the player that you are. So we're excited for this today. We're excited to you know have a quick conversation with you. Uh, and I actually want to start off with something that I would assume just made you incredibly proud. You had the opportunity to play for Puerto Rico in the Under-23 Baseball World Cup. And I just wonder what it meant for you to be able to put on that Puerto Rican flag and and have a good showing the way that you did. Absolutely not, man. It was... Uh... I tell you, I think uh, I think I had uh, maybe a few flashbacks when uh, when I had gotten the call from uh, from Yadi. Yadi Molina was actually our manager both years, huh. and uh, you know he uh, you know gave me a call and obviously didn't recognize the number. And you know I'm here, you know obviously I picked up and you know he just asked me a few questions about how my season was going and and you know what were my thoughts about the off season and what was I looking into and he presented the. Uh, you know, the tournament and what he was organizing and putting together and trying to, you know, put it back uh, Puerto Rico on the map and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't resist and I, I had to accept, the, you know, the offer. But, you know, when I was a kid, my dad used to play in this Puerto Rico Dominican softball tournament every year. And the uniforms, they were so they were so nice 
but I obviously really didn't have a clue about, you know, where I was from yet, or, you know, I was very young at the time, and I was living in Massachusetts. So I always had a dream of wearing the uniform and wearing the colors, and it just so happened to be that I had gotten an opportunity 13 years later to actually yeah. be able to represent our uh, our country in, in that way with those kind of people as our coaching staff. It was kind of an amazing experience. Absolutely. You, you mentioned it. I mean, you were born in Puerto Rico, and then you came over at an early age. You were in Massachusetts in that area. Uh, you know, we all expect you to become that player that eventually will get the call, hopefully, for like a World Baseball Classic. H have you ever considered if you would don the Puerto Rico or if you would consider the U.S.? What What are your thoughts on that? Because that's always an exciting question when the player has two nationalities that they could really identify with. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, obviously I, I live here and I was I was practically raised here in the U.S., uh, born in PR, you know, but... Obviously, I have a lot of family that's out in Puerto Rico and, and you know, for everything that they've gone through and, and, and what that what that place has gone through, you know, I think that if I were to make a decision, it'd have to be Puerto Rico, obviously, but, you know, but, you know, you never know, obviously, I mean, things change through time, but I think as of right now, I would pick Puerto Rico as my number one choice. No, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Speaking of speaking of number one, Isan, you've had a few different numbers uh, throughout your career. I've noticed, but the one you're rocking right now happens to be my favorite number as as well. Number one, is there one number that you've always kind of gone to when you have the opportunity to play baseball? And is there one number that you feel you would want to stick with for the rest of your career? Yeah, uh, well, my my favorite number is eleven. Uh, my dad mm -hmm. wore it. Uh, I wore it when I was a kid. I uh, wore it my first two years in pro ball. And then I kind of jumped over to six. Uh, then now it's one. But I would say mm -hmm. if there was one number I'd have to wear for the rest of my career, it would be number one. Uh, yeah. My grand my grandfather wore number one when he played back in the day. So mm -hmm. and now he's uh he's actually back home. Uh, you know he's going through a lot and stuff like that. You know he's kind of in that stage where he's you know he's very old and stuff. But you know he's hanging in there. He's doing well. Uh, you know, and right now I'm just, you know, representing him and, and kind of really just taking on, you know, his name in my mind every day. And every, every day I go to the field, his name is always in my mind. And, you know, that's kind of the reason why this year I took on the role of wearing number one. Isan, really quickly, because we asked Monte this, and I want to get your impression on it, too. I don't even know if you're going to remember, but during spring training, the Marlins marketing and media campaign did something called, I think, like the Miami Ink Madness, right? So they asked you to take pictures of, like, your arm sleeve, your tattoo, the ink work you have done. Um, and they yeah. put you all up against each other. And, of course, you know, Monte ends up winning it at the end. Obviously, you have really good work done on you. Is there any particular piece that is most important to you or that you just um, hold dearest to you? Absolutely. Uh, I, would, I would say I, uh, the one on my right shoulder uh, has Jesus' hands uh, and my, my family's name is all over it. Uh, it's my dad's name, my mom, it's my brother, my sister. And, uh, you know, that kind of was, it was my first tattoo when I got it. I was like 18, I think. And it has to be probably my favorite one. And I told Monte... Uh, right after that, when I saw that he won on Twitter, I told Monte, I was like, Monte, if you, you're lucky that I didn't show the rest of my tattoos. I only showed my arm because I have more. But if I had showed the rest, he probably would have lost. I told him that. I was like, he probably would have lost. But you know, Monte, he's like, nah, I would have never lost. He's got the best tattoos in the world. <laughs> um, speaking of Monte, 
you, you right now you're in New Orleans and you're with him. Uh, sadly, down on the IL right now, and you're also with Lewis and uh, Jordan Yamamoto just got a big call, and you guys are of course part of one of the biggest trades that really started this rebuild. What's the relationship with those guys like, having been together in an organization before? And is there a little extra added motivation from you guys to to show what you guys have based on where you guys came from and how you got to this organization? Absolutely. Um, you know, we we talk about it constantly. You know, we have our own uh, our own group chat, and we you know we have <laughs> conversations and stuff. And you know, we we chit chat every now and then. You know, about you know things that are going on and. Uh, but we're we're I'm, I was very excited and happy uh, to just hear that you know Yamamoto was getting the opportunity to to go up and and play in the big league finally. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe I believe that you know we we've all kind of created this bond and this kind of relationship where we know each other to a certain extent to where you know we know how each other feels you know towards certain situations and. And we kind of know how to play with each other, you know, especially mm-hmm. on the field. There's a lot of good communication that is involved, and and uh, there's a lot of good things that happen when we're all on the field at the same time, you know, which is obviously a good feeling to have as a player to know that, you know, you can go out and, and play with someone that you already know, you know. It's always a plus, mm-hmm. you know, rather than to playing with someone that, you know, it's, you know, you don't really know very well, you know, it's kind of the first time. And you're just kind of getting used to him, and and really just trying to get to know him uh, while the season's going on. But just to have Brenton and Monte on the same team, you know, it means a lot, and 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 it helps out a lot as well, you know, because they keep me on my toes as well, and they pick me up, you know, when things are not going well, and we just kind of we kind of just feed off each other. So it's always mm-hmm. a it's always a plus to play with them. You mentioned Jordan getting the call, and you're right on the doorstep, Isan, and you've been dominating all year down in AAA. I'm- Another one, two. And that one is drilled in the right field, going back, track, wall. That is gone. Isaac Diaz has given the Kicks a three to one lead on a rope. Diaz sends it over and out to right. It, just a general question Is it hard when you're right there on the doorstep to stay patient um, as you wait for that call up to the bigs, especially with the way you've been performing this year? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I try not to, to put too much mind towards it. You know, I've been mm-hmm. kind of just letting, uh, letting things happen on their own and, and, uh, just kind of taking it each day, you know, one day at a time, not really rushing through the process and really just kind of letting the days come. Uh, obviously, you know, if the day happens this year, you know, then it happens this year. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. then, you know, we continue to work, you know, and, uh, I believe, you know, we have lots of conversations here, you know, uh, we can't stop working, you know, and and we can't uh, we can't stop uh, continuing to believe in ourselves and and trying to focus on other things that are really not important at the time. But besides playing that day at seven o'clock and and getting the job done, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's kind of been my main focus since I got here is you know to continue to go out and and perform each day, day in and day out, and and continue to just be myself. Isan, I'm I'm gonna sneak in a baseball question, but before I do that. I, we just got this sent in from Twitter because they know that we're interviewing you. A really soft question, I promise. When you get to the majors, you already spoke about possibly, you know, keeping on to that number one jersey for your grandfather. High, or rather, high knee pants or the long <laughs> down to the cleats? <laughs> yeah, that, 
Uh man, I, I'm I'm really I'm undecided, but I, I pick and choose every now and then. Man. Yeah, you could change it up, uh, right? It doesn't like, have to be one consistent. Yeah, I like I like the high socks, man. I like the high socks. I like that look but, too. But you know, when th- when things are going good, you know, and you're wearing pants down, you kind of try and keep the same routine. So <laughs> you know, it's, it's been good with the pants down. So I think we'll keep them down for now. That's good. That's good. All right. So my baseball question, I promise, isn't too hard either. Um, you know, you've always been able to hit wherever you've gone. You've had success on the field too i mean we actually just saw i think it was your brother who sent it out a video of you getting a grounder the momentum was kind of taking you the other way so you went behind the back to switch hands i mean we can't wait to see this up at marlins park but from the outside looking in something that's been really different this year um again just from the outside looking in is that k percentage right you were around high 80s or high 20s my bad last year mm-hmm. you're down to the low 20s this year at triple a um what is there anything specific that you went into this season targeting is it just that you feel more comfortable with your approach just seeing the ball where, where do you think that comes from um you know to be honest with you I, I really i really been just trying to just be ready to hit at all times it's kind of been my biggest thing this year is is really taking uh each at bat and, and, and each pitch as in at bat because every pitch is in at bat you know not every at bat is in at bat every pitch is in at bat and and I think the most important thing, and a lot of us kind of tend to forget every now and then, is just to just make sure you're ready to hit, you know, and 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 not really, you know, be, you know, in this lollygag mode and and kind of just let a few pitches go by. You're always on the attack, you know. We're on a mission, and and that's to do the job, get the job done, and and I think when you have that mindset, everything kind of just takes a life on its own, you know, and you start to do things that you know you might have thought you never were able to do just because of the mindset, you know, right. and, and I think that kind of helps me out uh, to just go out and perform as well on the defensive side as well. You know, I think it's been, it's been great so far and, and, you know, we're just trying to continue to stay consistent with that mindset, you know, day in and day out. Uh, Isan, our boy Ian, who helps us host the show, couldn't be here today, uh, but he had one question that he really wanted to ask you and it's, uh, how important and how special is it to you to have your brother there watching you every day? Oh man, it's uh, it's special, man. I think uh, you know, when I was a kid, I, I always had my dad look, you know, come out and and kind of you know give me the the scoop on you know things that I did wrong, and now it's kind of my brother to, mm-hmm. to kind of really see things and, and and you know he's young but he's learning as well and he knows a lot of things as well for a young age, but I think it's good to 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 have him, you know, kind of just watch and, and just learn because I feel like the, the faster he can learn, then, you know, the, don't, the better he can get, you know. And, you know, he's obviously trying to make his way to, to, to making his dream come true as well. Um, and I think it's very possible. So, you know, I told him just to continue to work hard. And I told him, too, that if I did something wrong, if you see me do something wrong, please don't hesitate to tell me, <laughs> you know. So he's got that confidence with me, and, you know, we've always uh, – you know, we always talk about the game, and he's in love with the game just as much as I am. So it's always good to have that that person with the, with you as well. All right, we're going to get you out of here on this, Easton. I've been asking everybody that comes on with us this question. I am, I think the minor league life is, is crazy, and what you guys go through is just so interesting to me. So I want to know, you've played in some, some crazy places. What's one story of just – either the worst experience you've had on the road or a place that you were just like, this is really where I'm at trying to accomplish my dream. But, you know, is there one place really that stands out to you that was just an awful minor league experience, I guess, is the question. 
I don't. I think I've been very fortunate uh, mm-hmm. to be able to be a part of, uh, you know, obviously, you know, three organizations. Uh, you know, the leagues that I've played in, I feel like they've all been great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I come from a place where, you know, the fields are not that great and, you mm-hmm. know, the backstop is not great and the dugouts are not always that good looking, you know. So I feel like every park that I've played in to this day has been great. You know, I really mm-hmm. have nothing bad to say about any field that I've been on or, or played on, uh, you know, I think that maybe if there was one place I'd have to say something was, I think it was Clinton. I think in my mm-hmm. low A year back in 2016, uh, Clinton, they just had this smell of like, I don't know if it was like dog food around the whole city. It was just terrible. And we can like smell it in the hotel too. And it was just, it was bad. That was bad. That was terrible. That, it was hard to sleep at night too with that smell. That was just brutal. Oh my God! There was one place they had to be Clinton, <laughs> but everything else, every every other place has been has been awesome. All right, Isad, oh, you have funny. been awesome, brother. I really yeah, appreciate man. it. We won't take any more of your time. Keep doing what you're doing, and and can't wait to see you in those knee high socks and that number, number one, one baby in Marlins Park. I love <laughs> that number one. <laughs> Thanks, we appreciate, appreciate you. it, man. Keep falling, brother. All right, man. Have a good one. Bye bye. Yeah, you too. Another sincere thank you to Isan Diaz. I really feel like I say this to every single guest that comes on, and it's because I genuinely mean it. It was a blast talking to you. It is absolutely humbling that we get to have conversations with you all, and you guys are always so great about it, and Isan was not an exception to that. You were awesome, and we can't wait to see you out there at Marlins Park. I hope everyone was able to pay attention to what Ian told us before we logged on with Isan. But if not, make sure to go on to fishstripes.com. Make sure to see how you can make your way to the uh, Florida State League All-Star Game. Ian is a fantastic person, if you don't know by now, and decided to get all those tickets for us. So, you know, make sure that, that we take advantage of this, of what should be a really exciting weekend. As always like and subscribe. We really do appreciate it when you guys leave reviews. It, it, it shows us that we're doing something right and it shows us that you know this uh labor of love is something that we should continue doing and continue working on thank you all and go fish